Well, good morning. Uh, if it's your first time, if it's your first time to church in a while, uh, we are sponsored by Guy Cup. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I promise we normally don't have ads for commercial breaks, but this morning we do. Uh, if you would just say this phrase with me, it's what you do. One, two, three. It's what you do. And this morning, uh, these, uh, these commercials illustrate this point for us. Uh, if you're a camel, you have to deal with people harassing you. Has anybody been to the zoo and done that? Anybody willing to? All right, so I'm just the only crazy person here. That's fine. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, anybody sing the final countdown song when the microwave's about to go off? Are you telling me I'm the only weird person in this church? Okay. All right. It's what you do. And this morning we're going to be talking about it's what you do, and specifically it's what you do when you're a Christian. But I want to just start this morning by saying good morning, introduce myself a little bit, um, let you guys know that I'm the youth pastor here. Um, yes, yep. Um, is everyone in the state of Michigan happy this weekend? Okay, Michigan won, which is most important. Uh, secondly, I think Michigan State won, but I know we don't have any Michigan State fans in the room. And then uh, Ohio State lost. All right. If you're an Ohio State fan, I promise you God's family is big enough for the biggest of sinners, so you will be welcomed. But I'm sorry I had to gloat a little bit. I was actually at the University of Michigan game yesterday. Uh, I was a good pastor. Everybody say good pastor. I left at halftime so I could get home at a reasonable hour and sleep. It was a night game, but it was a lot of fun. It was great to see Michigan win. Uh, but if you're Michigan football, you get to about the third or fourth game in the season, and what happens? Sadness. Yes, that's probably the most accurate statement. If you're Michigan football, you like to get my hopes up, and then about four or four, five games into the season, you let me down and I cry for a whole Saturday. It's just what you do. I'm sorry, I'm hoping it's different this year. If uh, Coach Harbaugh is watching by any chance, I apologize. I would love free tickets. How many of you guys went away for Labor Day? Show of hands, anybody go camping? What do, we, what do we do on Labor Day? You go camping, you go out on the boat, maybe you barbecue, maybe you go up north. That's just what you do on Labor Day. Uh, has anybody been to Mackinac? Anybody been to Mackinac? What are the things you do on Mackinac? Bike, yes, someone said fudge, that's my type of person. Bike, sometimes you bike around the island, sometimes you go up to the fort. When you're on Mackinac, those are just the things that you do. How about fall? Do we have any fall fans? Yes. Has anybody willing to admit they've already had a pumpkin spice latte this year? <laughs> All right, yes, thank you, Colton, in the back. The drummer is willing to be honest this morning. In fall, you just drink pumpkin and spice lattes. I don't know why. They don't taste particularly good, but it's just what you do. And this morning, we're going to be talking about what it looks like for us as Christians. When you're a Christian, you evangelize. It's just what you do. Same thing with pumpkin spice lattes in fall. Same thing with uh, being on Mackinac and biking around the island. Same thing about when you're at the zoo and you get to yell uh, at the camels. It, it's just what you do. And if you haven't grown up in church, you don't really know what the big word evangelize means. When you follow Jesus, you tell others about him. When you follow Jesus, you tell others about him. All right, are you guys ready for your test? 
When you follow Jesus, what do you do? All right, you passed test number one for the day. There are actually three tests, all right? There are three tests this morning. You passed number one. Number two, no one's going to know if you passed or not. This is just a self-reflection test. You get to give yourself an A, a B, a C, or a D. You can give yourself a passing. You can give yourself a failing grade. If you were to be judged on just the last month alone, and the only factor that we were looking at is, have you told anyone about Jesus? Would you pass that test? Just the last month, just the last four weeks. If the test was just, have I told anyone about Jesus in the last month, would you pass that test? Because the truth is, unfortunately, I think most of us, if we're honest, we wouldn't get an A. Maybe we would get a B or maybe we'd get a C but I'm not sure we would all pass with flying colors. And I know if you're like me, and I'm sure none of you are like me, but if you're like me, when you hear this question, your brain starts to go through all sorts of excuses. Oh boy, Ben, I would tell everyone about Jesus, but uh, COVID has been happening. I don't know if you realize. Uh, I, I try to stay at least six feet away from people, and uh, it's not really polite to go up to people at stores anymore. Uh, Maybe that's kind of your excuse, and it may be valid, but voices do work seven feet away. Maybe your excuse is just that we're getting back into the fall calendar. It's crazy. Uh, We have school that just started. We we have all these activities that we're trying to be a part of, whether it's sporting events, whether it's uh, family gatherings. Maybe it's just uh, the fact that you like fall and you got to go get your pumpkin spice latte and you just don't have time. I don't know what your excuse is this morning, but I would encourage you guys to think through that excuse and let it go. Because it becomes clear as we read Scripture that if if we follow Jesus, if we follow Jesus, we're going to tell other people about him. And if we're not careful, we can buy into a myth. And this myth is really simple. It's it's really kind of um, easy to buy into. And it's just this. Only pastors and missionaries share the gospel. Would anybody be willing to say, yes, I've accepted that myth at some point in my life? Uh, I... I believed at one point that only pastors and missionaries were called to share the gospel with other people. I believed only people like our Stand Strength team that we absolutely love were the ones that were called to share the gospel. I believed that uh, our friends who are all across the world and the missionaries that we support are the only ones who were called to share the gospel, but it's not true. And the truth this morning is that every single Christian is called to share the gospel. If you claim that you walk with Jesus, you now have a job, and it is to share the gospel. And I fell into this myth for a couple reasons, but the main reason is I just wasn't clear on what a relationship with Jesus was. I wasn't clear what that relationship was defined as, because at some point I thought it was just kind of like a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. I tied myself to Jesus, and now we're kind of dating. We get to see each other every once in a while, and that might be the extent of our relationship. Or maybe at one point I thought a relationship with Jesus looked like a, a principal who was just going to scold me if I did something wrong. But if we don't correctly define what a relationship with Jesus is, we can never fully understand and fully break the myth about what Christians are called to do. 
Because the truth is, a relationship with Jesus is a Lord-servant relationship. Jesus is Lord. We are therefore his servant. Jesus is our king. We are therefore his subject. Jesus is the ruler. We are not. And if we don't have that foundation, if we don't have that understanding of who Jesus truly is in relation to us and what a relationship with Jesus truly means, then when we're called to share the gospel with others, we can just take that as a suggestion. My boyfriend Jesus said that I should share the gospel, but uh, I, I don't listen to my girlfriend anyways, so why would I do that? We have to start with a true understanding of what a relationship with Jesus is, and that is Jesus is our Lord, and we are the servant. And part of that calling, part of what we do as Christians, is we tell others about Jesus. And this morning I hope to make this a somewhat practical topic, so that when you walk out of here today, you actually have steps to follow. Everybody say, steps to follow. Sometimes you walk out of church and you feel encouraged. Sometimes you feel uh, excited. Today, I don't care if you're encouraged. I don't care if you're excited. But I do care that you have steps to follow this week. So how do I tell others? Ben, if you're telling me that I'm a Christian because I follow Jesus and that I'm supposed to share the gospel with others and maybe I've failed that test over the last month, how in the world do I tell others? I have four very simple, easy steps. I promise you guys can understand them. At the end of our time today, your last test will be to repeat the four steps back to me. Got it? I've told you what's on the quiz, so if you fail, it's your fault. First, if we're going to tell others about Jesus, we have to walk with God. Oh boy, friends. There has been so much damage done in this world by people who want to tell others about Jesus but refuse to walk with him. People who want to share the gospel, who want others to understand what it means to be in a relationship with God, but don't actually walk with them, walk with Jesus on a daily basis. Dare I say that social media might be the home for this kind of sharing the gospel. I'm not saying that everyone that uses social media is guilty of this, but I see pastors on social media all the time make claims about the Bible that are just blatantly untrue. I see Christians on social media all the time who make claims about Jesus and try to encourage people to follow them, but then if you look at the way they're living, it it becomes hard to believe that they're actually walking with God. And what happens is if we try to tell others about Jesus without first walking with him, people will look at our lives and say, okay, what's different? If I'm going to follow Jesus and I see your life looks like that, why should I follow Jesus? So friends, step number one, and this will be on the test, if we want to tell others about Jesus, we have to walk with him daily. We have to spend time in prayer with him. We have to read our Bibles. We have to actually be in that relationship with Jesus. We have to commit to that. We have to do it daily. We have to do it weekly. We have to do it monthly. But if we're going to tell others about Jesus, we have to walk with God daily. Um, Ephesians 2.10, I believe it'll be up on the screens for you. It says this, For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. 
My friends, we have to walk with God. Number two, this is your second step. We need to learn God's story. Now, if I called you up on the stage today, could you explain the entire story of the Bible? It's a bit daunting when you think about it, but I'm going to break it down into four very simple parts uh, so that each one of you, if someone says, hey, what is the story of the Bible? You could tell them in plain English what the entire story of the Bible is, all right? And it's, it's really easy. You don't need all of the characters. You don't need uh, every single verse. You don't need every single chapter. We're just going to do the overview because if we're going to tell others about Jesus, we have to at least understand the basics of God's story. Number one, your first word, say it with me, creation. creation. The story of creation begins in the first sentence of the Bible, the very first verse. It says this in Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But as we share the gospel with others, there's a very, uh, the very important other part of this story that we have to pick up on here, and that's that God created humanity. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and as we read on into Genesis 1, it tells us that God created humanity. And the important part about God creating humanity is that we were meant to walk with him in a relationship, in perfect harmony. So if we're going to understand God's story, we have to understand that we are firmly a part of that story. In Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything we see around us. He created the plants and the animals and the seas and the birds and the skies. But he created humanity specifically to walk in a relationship with him. This is illustrated in the book of Genesis uh, in the first two chapters when it tells us about how Adam and Eve were walking with God in the garden in this perfect relationship. So if we're going to understand God's story, first part is creation. And when we tell others about who Jesus is, it's important to let them know God created you, he created humanity, and we were meant to be in a relationship with him in perfect harmony. Part two, fall. Everybody say fall. It took us two chapters in the Bible to go from creation, everything is perfect, to fall. Genesis 3, it should be on the screens for you as I read, but it says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any trees in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, You may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to, was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Took us two chapters. First chapter, everything's great, we're walking with God, we're in perfect harmony. Third chapter, humanity makes a choice to not follow God's plan and to follow their own plan. 
And what we call this is original sin, but it's really just the start of humanity looking at God's plan and saying, I think I have a better plan. It's really the start of the fall of all of humanity. We, we look around uh, the world today, and I think each and every one of us can point out something that's broken, something that's flawed, something that makes us sad, some picture of death in the world around us, and that started with the fall. So we have creation, we have the fall. Thirdly, and this is where it gets good, redemption. So if we're, we're learning the entire story of the Bible today, we have creation, we have fall, and then we have redemption. And from Genesis 3 all the way, depending on how you want to put it, to almost the end of the book of Revelation is the story of redemption. That is your reading for next week, so good luck. We have creation, we have the fall of humanity, we're no longer allowed in this perfect relationship with Jesus, and then from the rest of the Bible is a story of redemption, the story of Jesus trying to get humanity to walk with him in relationship again. And ultimately, redemption is fulfilled with Jesus. That's the awesome Sunday school answer that we all get to use. But the rest of the Bible is about this guy... This guy named Jesus, once we get to the New Testament. Uh, we're going to read from the book of John. Starts off with a verse that many of you should know, but John 16 through 21 says this For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the one uh, Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked, ha uh, who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed." But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Creation, fall, redemption. All throughout the Old Testament, God is working his plan through history, trying to get his nation, people of Israel, into a right relationship with him. And then ultimately in the New Testament, this guy named Jesus, God's son, comes so that the whole world could be brought back into a right relationship with Jesus, a right relationship with God. And ultimately, if we believe in Jesus, we can walk in a relationship with God again. So if we're telling someone about Jesus, first we need to be walking with God. Second, we need to understand the story of God. We have creation, we have the fall, we have this story of redemption. And redemption is where you get to really be awesome. Because when you tell somebody about Jesus, at the beginning you have to say, hey, God created you, he loves you, he loves us, he loves each and every one of us, but we as humanity are fallen and you are a sinful person. That's the fun part, right? You're like, ah, you messed up. But the story of redemption is the fun part where you get to say, it's okay that you messed up because God sent his son to save us so that we can be in a right relationship with him again. So if the story of God has four basic parts, it might be a sin to break it down that much, but that's what we're doing this morning. Creation, fall, redemption. Last part is restoration. 
We'll open up to Revelation 21 where it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, and all murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be taken, will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Restoration is the story of what God is going to do. We have creation, what God did. We have redemption, what he did through his, uh, his people Israel and his son Jesus. And then we have restoration, and this is what's coming in the future. We get to share with people that God has a plan for us. We get to share that we're going to be in a perfect place someday with God. And we'll be able to walk with him like Adam and Eve did in the garden. So I told you there are four steps if we're going to tell others about Jesus. First is we have to walk with God daily. Secondly, we have to know the story. And if you're going to be tested on the story, you have four main parts. It's creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. The third thing I want you to do if you're going to start telling people about Jesus is write down your testimony. Write down your testimony. And again, that might be a big churchy word, so maybe a better way to do it is just say, write down your story. Write down who you were before you met Jesus. And I know some of you are techie, so you're thinking, oh, I'll type it out on my phone. But this is actually a great exercise for you to do this week at home. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, write down your story. And if you haven't done it before, it'll make you think. It'll make you think about who you were before meeting Jesus. It'll make you think about maybe the life that you lived before you met Jesus. But the first part of writing your testimony is who you were before you met Jesus. The second part I want you to write down is how you met Jesus. Go home, write it down. It could be a 10-page story, it could be a 30-word story, but how did you meet Jesus? And then lastly, I want you to write down how you've changed since you've met Jesus. Write down who you were before you met Jesus, how you met him, and how your life has changed. And what I want you to do after you write down your 30-page version, I want you to get something that's just 30 seconds long where you can tell them, before Jesus, I was this, but I met Jesus and he changed my life in this way. Walk with Jesus, know God's story, write down your testimony. This is my favorite part. Go tell. Uh, We're going to be reading from uh, the book of Matthew. 
Many of you probably understand and recognize this verse. It's really called the Great Commission in a lot of um, our Bibles, but it says this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him because some doubted. Uh, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, or given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 16. Through 20. It's some of Jesus' last words. Go and tell the world. And he tells it specifically to his disciples, but that applies to each and every one of us if we follow Christ. We're supposed to go and tell. Homework. Everybody say, I love homework. All right, a little bit louder for the people in the back. I love homework. I didn't believe it. No, I don't think it was. I want you guys to think right now, in your head, on your phone, on your note sheet of paper, who are three people that you can tell about Jesus this week? And I know some of you are already, like my brain, going to excuses. Ben, you've seen your schedule for this next week. How are you going to fit in telling other people about Jesus? Ben, you are an introvert. You don't like people that much. How are you going to talk to other people? Kind of kidding. Ben, I don't want to tell people. I'm scared. That's okay. I'm going to make it really simple for you. Find three people and invite them to church. Three people and just invite them to church. Because it's amazing what can happen when you start a conversation. It's great if you can tell them God's story. It's great if you can share your testimony with them. But oftentimes it's just as simple as saying, hey, do you want to go get some coffee? Hey, I would love the chance just to sit down with you and uh, maybe watch a football game. You know, my church is doing this really awesome thing in a few weeks, and I'd love you to be a part of it. But you have homework, everybody. I know Pastor Shane last week shared some of Jesus' last words with us as an encouragement, but this week I'm giving you homework. And at some point this week, I might call you. You laugh, but I might do it. And I'm going to say, have you done your homework? Three people. I don't know who those three people are for you, but I certainly have three people in my life who need to know who Jesus is. All right, it's test time. Are we ready? All right. Someone's got notes. This is a closed notes. (laughs) If we're going to tell people about Jesus, what's step number one? Walk with God. Very good. My friends, I cannot encourage you enough. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my life is to actually take time to, to love Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to be in a relationship with Him and understand what a full life means with Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, walk with God and do that before you tell others about Jesus. Number two. Ooh, that one was a lot less confident. Number two. Know God's story. We have the story of creation, the fall of humanity, redemption, and restoration. Number three. Guys, Labor Day was last weekend. All right. Write your story. Know your testimony. 
If someone comes up to you and says, hey, you follow that Jesus guy, why? Be able to give them an answer. And lastly, there we go. We're, we're all together on that one. Go tell. You guys have homework? Three people? It can be as simple as inviting them to coffee, inviting them to church, inviting them to watch a football game. Or it can be as complicated as sitting down with them and explaining God's story and telling them about your testimony and explaining who Jesus is. But you have homework. You got to do it. You'll be graded next week.